Hello and welcome back to Cenophiles, the show that started based around one common question. You can stream John Cena, but should you? Today, as always, I, Henry T. Casey, am joined by the vigilante to my peacemaker. That's right, Mike Andronico is here. And I was never going to make that kind of comparison until we learned vigilante's Google search history. And we're going to get to that later. Mm -hmm. um, so, Mike, how are you? What is your favorite color? Is it teal? Wow. Well, now I'm just kind of reeling from that comparison. I have a lot of thoughts. Um, I'll take it to some degrees. We definitely have the Taylor Swift thing in common, as we'll, uh, as we'll get into. Uh, some other things, not so much. I'm not sure if I... I definitely haven't killed anyone, so there's that. But you also think uh, everything but, uh, is Italian, because he thinks Vigilante is Italian, so... Yeah, uh, which which is true. Uh, vigilante, very, very popular Italian word. So he's factually correct there. So I think this is the second to last episode of the season, or is it the... Or how many... I, I believe this is episode six. Yeah, right? episode six. Um, I think we've got two more. It could be... It feels, it feels, feels like a second to yeah, last episode. I'll okay, tell you that. There are eight. There are eight. Um, so there are two more, yeah. Um, supposedly, the reported, head, the reported episode titles are Stop Dragging My Heart Around and It's Cow or Never. Um, so that I is, love it. I, I'm interested in that. Um, I'm interested in a lot more, though. So let's dive right in. How are you feeling as we get to this point in um, Peacemaker? Uh, yeah, I uh, I think, I, I know I said this last week, but it's, it's also true this week. Uh, I think episode six was the best episode yet. Uh, I am extremely excited for these final two episodes i think this this one did uh an incredible job giving us a perfect mix of comedy and hyper violence and really clearly setting the stakes uh setting up our two main factions of villains uh that i'm really excited to see peacemaker and the crew take on i do have some quick fun facts to go through nothing new on wikipedia we got we have to be creative when you're covering a tv show the wikipedia is pretty static but there are there is a bit of trivia I want to talk about for this episode. Uh, it's been all over the internet by this point, but yes, that was actually John Cena playing the piano at the end, uh, doing this really somber version of Motley Crue's "Home Sweet Home," which you can stream on Spotify. And I actually didn't know this until today. Very bad Peacemaker fan, but there's an entire playlist on Spotify with the you know, the official soundtrack, all the songs you've heard in the show. So I'll definitely link that in the show notes. Um, but yeah, that was actually John Cena. Uh, James Gunn was sharing a lot of cool facts. He actually said um, when they were when they were shooting the Suicide Squad, he had a you know a really rough time where his his dog was passing away, so he's waiting to fly home. And John just started playing uh, the Pixies "Where Is My Mind" on the piano while they were waiting in the hotel lobby, and that just really crushed him. Um, another cool piece of information is that uh, this piano version of Home Sweet Home was arranged by John Murphy, who is the composer of The Suicide Squad and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Um, so some cool fun facts. And that's all worth mentioning because this episode, Murn After Reading, great title, is the directorial return of James Gunn. And I think it really shows in every moment. As we just talked about, there's a ton of, there are several great musical sequences uh, in this episode. And again, it's just that classic James Gunn perfect balance of the comedic stuff, the emotional stuff, the hilariously over the top violent superhero action. So yeah, love this episode. Probably my favorite yet has me crazy excited to see how they're going to wrap the whole thing up uh, in seven and eight. Speaking of music, um, I just turned off the portrait effect on my stream. because I wanted to point, I always forget how this goes because of mirroring. Uh, I just wanted to point out this little piece of art over here. 
drawing of John Cho in the Cowboy Bebop show by the esteemed artist Lauren Moran. I point that out because Lauren has uh, decided to try to get the gig, and she tweeted at James Gunn and, and I think at Mondo to do the art for the record release that they would hopefully do for uh, Peacemaker. Um, imagine like a vinyl release. I know you have become a, you have become a Mike hasn't um, been uh, destroyed by vinyl record fandom yet. It's inevitable. Um, I, I just want to show the viewers at home uh, the excellent art. Yep, she did uh, in collaboration with Chris at Tiger Driver. But uh, they, we yeah, if like anyone, Comic-Con. if anyone, James Gunn, I know you're watching. Um, so hire Lauren Moran. She is the she is the absolute best fit. Uh, if you're doing a if you're doing a soundtrack or anything Peacemaker related, she needs to be doing the artwork. And James Gunn loves music for these soundtracks so much that like you know he's got they, a vinyl release is. If this is a show that has a podcast, why can't it have a vinyl release? Come on. Um, and not just our podcast. It's an affiliate. HBO mm-hmm. makes podcasts for everything these days. But welcome, Magan. It is at right here. Um, and uh, yeah, no, there's, uh, there's another great song later that I looked up. Um, thanks to a little helpful piece of tech. Uh, yeah, a little helpful piece of technology. Because there, if nothing, Peacemaker is a um, analysis and dissection of what technology is doing to everybody's brain these days. Uh, well, John, Pe- Peacemaker gets to that later. But let's start where we always start, at the start of the episode. Um, we left off with Mern um, going all full butterfly. Oh, um, the Bebop piece is right behind me. Um, if you look right there, hold on a second. I think I can pull it down. Give me one second. Yeah, so I'll, uh, I'll take it from here. But uh, we get... Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll let Henry... Uh... <laughs> very beautiful piece of art um but yeah so Mern so yes. is gone full butterfly or we think and he's like freaking out at um uh uh latoya um um at, sorry at, at a bio um trying to remember her first name um her partner called her lee in an, later in the episode i remember that uh, but Mern freaks out at Adebayo, and she tries to pull a gun on him. He kicks it away. Then he says, stop. And were you expecting him to say words? No. Um, yeah, this this intro sequence was such a great double twist. Um, because, yeah, as, like you, like you said, we pick off from the cliffhanger of episode five. We see what appears to be Mern attacking Adebayo. Um and then he says stop, and then shortly after that, we see Hardcore show up. Uh, so you think Hardcore would help Adebayo out, but no, it appears that they were working together in some sort of cahoots. Hardcore says she knows, um, so clearly she's known that Mern's a butterfly. But things don't go as expected because there's yet another twist. Yes, Mern is a butterfly, but he's not the bad kind of butterfly. Uh, and then he kind of goes on to give us his whole spiel. I, did I guess this last week or the week before? I feel like I you, you I, did. I was like, you are there warring butterfly factions? Like I yeah. Um, but Hardcore first says because uh, Mern explains that she found out through the X-ray uh, mask, and Hardcore's like, he's not gonna like that. He doesn't like when his stuff is touched. And I'm like, they're just dismissing all of um, Adebayo's fears, and it's yes. kind of hilarious in this sort of menacing rainy outdoor moment. But Hardcore hands Adebayo the gun. And um, we have a conversation about butterflies. Um, 
and the one inside of Myrn was the one dissenting butterfly, the good-natured butterfly who didn't want to um, take over Earth. Because, that's right, Peacemaker is an alien invasion story, just like Suicide Squad, I guess. Yep. And yeah, Myrn apparently, uh, you know, he did obviously have to take over a human body, and he said uh, he took over pretty much the worst person he could find. Uh, and he, you know, has to deal with that person's thoughts and remorse uh, and, and all that. So he's, you know, he's 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 carrying some serious stuff. Um, but yeah, so there we go. Mern, yes, is a butterfly, but still very much on Team Argus and is our good guy for this show. And we cut to the intro music after we learn that there's a cow. Um, and Harcourt says, you forgot to tell her about the cow. And then that's where we hear the lyrics that we we, we like to hear every week. Do you really want to, do you really want to taste it? The answer is always yes. Yeah. The answer is always yes. It's just the combination of like a cow and that. It's funny. Um, especially if you just saw Jackass forever like we did. But um, we cut to Peacemaker in a elementary school. Um, because his good friend, the custodian from the mm -hmm. hospital, needed a favor. Uh, because all the other kids have really cool, have parents with, or relatives with really cool jobs. And, uh, that guy wanted something that cool for his daughter. But, um, Peacemaker reveals he thinks that once Wonder Woman was IFing him from across the room. Which, that makes the custodian pretty angry. And Peacemaker's like, I said effin'. And, like, we continue to have, like, Peacemaker's, like stunted brain of what he believes is an acceptable thing yeah so this this is one of those scenes i think we're gonna be talking about long after the show wraps up it, it's up there with the the economist and peacemaker scene of just i was laughing out loud the entire time i was struggling to take notes because every single line was so quotable but there were so many great moments it was a great callback one kid asked if he had a cadre of supervillains uh coterie, you know a coterie of supervillains super before he can um, finish the he sentence calls, he interrupts it <laughs> yeah yeah, he, um, yep, he doesn't even let him get that question off. He, uh, one key call, he's calling the kids by really great names. He calls one kid the Rubik's Cube world champion, one kid like Spaghetti Arms, something like that. It, it briefly gets serious because one kid asks, Do you have an origin story? And we get yet a little bit more flashback of Peacemaker and his older brother dying and, and Augie being really, really resentful for that. So they peeled back a little bit more of that story, but still not giving us the full thing. And Augie says, that you killed your brother to Peacemaker. That was yeah. the key thing I took away from that scene was you didn't get, um, you didn't get um, Peacemaker being responsible for it, but you got him getting the blame for it, which is an yes. interesting, what, what do we learn about who actually killed the kid, the kid later? Mm -hmm. um, but my theory is that Augie actually kills him, but Peacemaker, uh, Chris is the one who beat him in battle, and therefore that meant the kid lost Augie's respect. Um, mm. Just putting it out there because I like to be right about shit because I'm petty. Um, but then, the, but Peacemaker is doing a riffing gimmick where he's basically giving each of the kids nicknames. And it kind of reminded me of that movie Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, where they're at the bar making up like celebrity lookalike names for everybody. Because Peacemaker at one point calls one girl gender swapped Alfred E. Newman. Which I don't think those kids are gonna know what the hell an Alfred E. Newman is, but that's besides the point. Um, but yeah, we get this little flashback, um, and we learn that Peacemaker might have a daughter, 
Uh, but yes, and that brings us right. Yeah, that's that a nice way to bring us back to to to, to make things a little lighthearted again after that really intense flashback. There's, I think, the last girl is just like, yeah. Do you know a Miss So and So? He's like, because you might be my real dad. But yeah, uh, Becky Coolidge we, may have had a, yes. uh, a one nighter with Peacemaker forever ago. Yep. So, but speaking of Augie, uh, you know, we we flash back to the police station. Uh, Augie is now free because the investigation revealed that, you know, he was not the murderer that they were, they've been hunting down since the beginning of the show. He has another racist exchange with a uh, detective song and she has a great clap back to him. I don't know if you have the quote, Henry, but it, it was, it he, was, he it was says a good something one. racist and she says, Oh no, no, that you, you mistranslated. That means I have stupid hair. It, it's, it's basically, she loves, she loves to shit on his hair. It's a and, great bit. And his hair is a great bit. So it, it works. Um, but yeah, the race war, the one-on-one -on -one race war continues, and mm -hmm. then um, Peacemaker. Uh, sorry, uh, I wrote I wrote the wrong name down. The White Dragon gets into a car with one of his white uh, power minions, mm -hmm. and when the guy asks what he wants, he says, um, "I want Dome and to murder my son." Basically, yes. So yeah, so in that order, uh, in that order. White uh, White Dragon's motivations are clear. Uh, obviously, this is this is not going to end well. Uh, for Peacemaker, and it's far from the only person that's going to be after him. But, uh, yeah, I think uh, we, we 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 then cut to another very, very important scene where uh, we've got Peacemaker and Vigilante together in Peacemaker's trailer. Some great exchanges. Um, you know, we're, uh, Vigilante is questioning why he kept Goff, you know, the, the butterfly version of Goff. Peacemaker says, you know, sometimes I think I'm insecure in my masculinity, so I make up for it by having a dangerous pet. Uh, and Eagley's origin story confirmed. <laughs> yep. And, uh, but it turns out, uh, Goff is more than a dangerous pet. Goff is actually starting to, uh, communicate with our humans because we see him start to make a peace sign. So they're trying to, like, now talk to Goff in the jar and get some answers. Uh, and it's a very, very funny exchange. And, uh, <laughs> it, 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 you, there, you know, feel free to call out some details, Henry, but I love that. I love that they go back and forth and, and, and Vigilante calls him out for uh, he calls Peacemaker out for surrounding himself with things that don't talk back. Uh, he's kind of it's again back to his insecurity. And then at one point, Peacemaker just lets out a scream <laughs> that is just the funniest. The timing of it was just the most was just the most hilarious and, and perfect thing. It happened right after Vigilante accuses him of being angry. And like, <laughs> it's like, seen as like, no shit, Sherlock. It's it's sort of like, oh, are you having trouble in these in these difficult times, mm -hmm. uh, kind of moment. But um, yeah, no, uh, it's it's all based around Peacemaker trying to communicate with something that can't talk to him. So he creates a yes, no, one tap, two tap system on the glass, and then Vigilante decides to ask questions that do not have yes, no um, answers, and Peacemaker says there are only two less. And Vigilante says, that's too many rules. Peacemaker goes, there are only two rules. One, yes or no questions. Two, not be a dumbass. And then mm -hmm. Vigilante goes, how am I supposed to remember number two? <laughs> it's it's hard. It's very hard for Vigilante to not be a dumbass. For, it, it's, it's a difficult thing for a lot of people. I'm not, I'm, Vigilante is not alone. I'm going to, I'm going to let him know. Um, we've Vigilante, all, we've all had, we've yeah, all had those moments. It, it's, it's not unique. Um, but um, then, yeah. Vigilante, we then learn, because um, the Argus gang is trying to get in touch with them to warn them that the cops are coming because they found the journal that Adebayo planted, I think. No, 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 they haven't done that yet. But they're, they're coming for Peacemaker because Augie's out of jail. 
And then Peacemaker doesn't pick it because they're too busy arguing. Mm -hmm. And so Economos, I believe, says, have you tried calling Vigilante? Which is when we learned that Vigilante's theme song, another song that should be on the vinyl soundtrack, is Barbie Girl. And that is completely glossed over. Vigilante answers the phone, tries to deny that he's Vigilante. That sounds like an Italian <laughs> name. Yeah. And we get the we get the escape, but not before the cops do find the diary, which has an mm -hmm. NWO reference in it. So that is the second time Cena has been surrounded by NWO, uh, the letters ever since uh, the Firefly Funhouse. And yep. um, yeah, um, what did you think about this escape and like everything surrounding them trying to be hidden? <laughs> It was oh, it was fantastic. Um, you know, it starts off very tense. The the police are asking Peacemaker Vigilante to come out. They manage to sneak out of the RV at the very last possible moment. <laughs> Vigilante basically, t I think, tapes Goff to his side, and he even says like, "Oh, I'm doing this so I could you know free my hands up and be be more aerodynamic." Um, so they they escape in the nick of time. They're hiding. They're hiding in a tree. You know, the police break through. They're doing their search. Um, Vigilante's just ready to start murdering because they're quiet. You know, they're they're he's ready to kind of throw um throw one of his daggers, and <laughs> there's just one scene where Peacemaker mouths, "She's a cop," but you know he says it silently, uh, and Vigilante says, "She's a cock." Uh, it's just one of those just subtle moments of Vigilante just being the stupidest person ever and it being fantastic, um, <laughs> but again, Vigilante being not the smartest person out there as he's trying to like mime something he falls out of the tree and then kind of all chaos ensues um yeah the problem of vigilante taping golf butterfly onto his side is that the butterfly breaks out immediately and um vigilante for some reason before this happens says he thought that they were going to get wasted and i believe that's yeah, why he oh, falls yes, out yeah. of the tree because he's pantomiming he's, cause, getting cause, shit faced cause, cause, Peacemaker asks where his car is. And he's like, I took an Uber. Like, I thought yeah. we were just going to hang out and drink all day. And then when he's when he's miming that, that's yeah. when everything kind of goes to hell. Yeah, and that's why the butterfly jumps out. And the butterfly immediately, like, lodges itself into Detective Song's mouth. Um, and it looks very much graph. It looks very graphic in how it happens. And it There's a lot of, uh, yeah, this is probably the most graphic and violent episode there is a lot of body horror which is something that james gunn has a lot of expertise in if you've seen slither um so yes a very visceral scene of goff uh what appears to be murdering song but as we see uh actually is kind of taking over song and as its new host and um i i i have to say i i love the entire chase scene that happens here it's extremely violent uh but also just very fun to watch you get to see eagerly viciously murdering a bunch of cops uh, and Vigilante just haphazardly also killing a bunch of cops. Uh, neither of them have much remorse. They don't, they don't have kind of the conflicted heart that Peacemaker does. Um, so very fun, very violent chase scene. And it wraps up with um, the quote unquote police chief, who I believe his name is Locke, who's actually working with Argus. Uh, he basically gives them a way out. He lets them know if there's a car that's ready to pick them up or that's ready for them to, to take and get away. Uh, but we also see Detective Song start to wake up. She is now a butterfly and uh, things are not going to be very good as a result. She barely does a good job of hiding the fact that she's a butterfly. Um, mm -hmm. And then um, Locke winds up um, killing 
uh, shooting one cop in the head and shooting another one. And then Peacemaker sees this and has like yes. a real one of the first, I don't know, probably the second or third really big moments of crisis watching it happen. And this is where you start to learn more about it's, which is weird because like he's Peacemaker. We saw him killing everything he could in the Suicide yep. Squad. But now the difference is that like, these cops weren't bad guys. Like, whenever he's been sent on a mission, he's been able to reconcile murder with the fact that he's believing what he's told. Like, mm -hmm. the through line of Peacemaker in the comedy and violence, when it comes to anything he reads on Google or Facebook and whatever, like, the bosses tell him, is that he will believe it because why would somebody lie to him? But mm -hmm. at the same time as we're about to see... His trust is breaking down, and that is what is helping rewire Peacemaker's brain. But he feels bad for his complicitness. And then him and Vigilante get into this um, sort of Winston Wolf from Pulp Fiction-like car. It's a black, uh. like, it's a really cool car. Um, like, the kind of thing that, like, the dirtbag boyfriend of the girl you liked in high school would be driving. I don't know. But, um... But then Peacemaker wants to call Harcourt because if anybody yes. he trusts, it's Harcourt. It's, and he pulls yep. out a blue iPhone XR, which is, I think, one of my favorite props of the entire series. I thought it was a 5C at first, but it's too big. Look at his hands. Um, Good call out. And uh, but then Vigilante breaks it because he's like, they're going to track us. And Peacemaker goes, it's a it's a secure line. What the hell? And then he says, and I had important photos of Eagly in there. Yeah, he says, I have super cute pictures of Eagly on there. They're irreplaceable. And then there's this great back and forth of Peacemaker being so technologically inept. And uh, Vigilante's like, what about the cloud? And he just, <laughs> Peacemaker is screaming like, I don't know what the cloud is. It happened when I was in prison. Everyone talks about this, this effing cloud. Um, so, you know, we have to now use Vigilante's phone. And the first thing that, you see in Vigilante's phone is a, a search <laughs> a search history for Taylor Swift's sexy butt. And why did Vigilante make that search, Henry? He wanted to see Taylor Swift's sexy butt. Listen, you know, respect. I get it. He's a big fan. Um, He's waiting for that... all the Taylor's versions to come out. Um, yep. But yeah, M M Locke is now trying <laughs> to um, really take control of the situation on Mern's behalf. Um, it seems like we had discussed what if Locke is a butterfly or not last episode. At this mm -hmm. point, it seems like he probably isn't. Um, yeah. But he is really Definitely dumb. Not. He's, he's, as of right now. But, no, not. but he's also really <laughs> dumb, which is the other part of what makes you think he could be a butterfly. Because he basically tries to tell Song and uh, the other detective that the Hamburglar was responsible for <laughs> I love, yeah, the, dis the, the description as, as it just keeps escalating. He's like, you know, had a striped suit. Red tie, top hat. He ran away just going rubble, rubble. <laughs> and uh, it was, yeah, it was just so good. Great performance by by the actor playing Locke. Um, but yeah, then you're starting to, then, you know, uh, I forget his name offhand, but things are starting to unravel. Song's partner is realizing that something's up with Song because he's she is not talking to him like she normally does. She calls him human at one point. Um, so yeah, thing, things are falling apart there. 
And uh, yeah, now we're back at HQ just talking about what went on. There's some there's some great one-liners uh, specifically about Song where someone refers to her as an oriental woman. Vigilante calls does. Out. Of course yeah. it's Vigilante. Peacemaker <laughs> says you're not supposed to say that anymore. And it's, Vigilante uh, it's, asks it's, why. Peacemaker says, I don't know. Certain... And then Harcourt explains it. And it's a very mm-hmm. nice like moment of like, okay, we're learning all also also hardcore calls peacemaker an ass hat at one point and he goes maybe i find that derogatory which is a f- hilarious speaking of trivia as i was doing some digging someone actually unearthed a james gunn tweet don't worry not that kind uh someone unearthed a james gunn tweet from early 2020 where he put out a twitter poll he's like i'm writing a show and i need to know is it ass hat one word or is it hyphenated so someone dug that up Sent that to James Gunn this week. It was like, were you writing this scene when you put that tweet out? And lo and behold, he was. So shout outs to that fan who somehow found the asshat poll from early 2020. Um, That's so, yeah. awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> yes. So shout outs to them. But yeah, so yeah, obviously a, a classic HQ th- scene. Things are in crisis and they're all having a hilarious argument. And uh, it was fun. And meanwhile, at the police station, um, uh, Locke is going into his office, uh, tucking the journal, the fake vigilant uh, peacemaker journal, which he stole away in his desk. But then, uh, Goff song, as I'm calling her, um, explores the alien database, um, explores because Goff. Okay, this is the thing that I think we might have talked about. If, um, no, it's from the start of the episode. Goff is the queen of the butterflies, the mm-hmm. butterfly in Goff was the queen, so. That, um, again, tech comes into play because Goff Song pulls down the side hatch of her P- of her PC, rewires the dang thing, so alien glyphs start appearing on the screen, and it's full, whatever the alien version of, like, the Matrix green text is, it's all, like, blue yep. circular glyphs. It's very Matrix. And, um, then Song knows what, Goff Song knows what she needs to do next, but the partner is back in. And more awkwardness ensues. Yeah, now she starts acknowledge like she's not even trying to pretend to be song. She's saying, "Oh wow," you know. She tells the partner, "Like wow, she was very fond of you." Um, and it just has to be this way. Also, there's a great scene of her like le- relearning how to smile because apparently it's different with everybody. So we see song well, as we're <laughs> as we're calling them song goth uh, let out this very awkward smile. Um, and then, yeah, meanwhile, at HQ, you know, they it seems that they have found the source of the amber that the butterflies are are living off of. So that seems that's kind of the new mission. And what we get next is such an awesome sequence, such a great James Gunn moment of, um, you know, kind of the two main antagonist factions assembling, basically. We see Goff Song assembling their army of butterflies. They're showing up in these miniature UFOs. And ravishing the police station, uh, and basically Song, you know, turns the entire police force into a bunch of mind-controlled butterflies. Uh, at the same time, what is happening, Henry? Well, for also this is where Locke finally becomes a butterfly, um, yes. because the butterflies crash the window in front of his office. Um, but also, yes. uh, the white nationalists uh, with Augie uh, <sighs> Augie Smith assemble his white dragon gear on him making him look like the worst version of, um, I realized this while I was watching, like, I know this armor isn't anything new, but for some reason, the white dragon gear just looks like Freakazoid to me. Not Freakazoid, but the it other does. Freakazoid. The, remember there was, like, mm-hmm. the Freakazoid's enemy was that color scheme of, like, orange and white? It was weird. Um, 
or, or no, I'm thinking of um the bad guy from the Incredibles movies, actually. Um, I think. Um, but then all the while, um, the song "Monster" by the band Reckless Love off of the album yes. Invader, I N uppercase V, lowercase Ader, so inside of the wrestler Vader or Darth, um, is playing. And it's a badass song. Um, I discovered this by using the uh, live text capture from the screen with from the subtitles, and it got me to this weird forum for the site heavyharmonies.com. I sent huh. you the link earlier. It's in our um, the Discord for this episode. But there's this whole, mm -hmm. like, this whole forum, um, if there's any way to include this lyric in, or this link in our um, stuff, do so. Because the whole, um, this is, this whole exist, it's a comments thread, and, like, it's so Peacemaker. Um, like, the, the third comment goes, oh, surprise, surprise, Metallian Stallion comes in with his usual gender sexual orientation insults. What I don't get is it, it's like this whole world of glam rock is, yeah. is these comments are from 2016. Um, wow. Is like, it's, I was like amazed to find this. And then I did a little, more people had already put up the name and band, but like, I'm very happy that I found it that way by searching one yeah. particular lyric. Um, but yeah, no, it's awesome. And that is another reason why I want that vinyl soundtrack to be released. Yes. James Gunn. Give, okay, James Gunn, ask your friend Dave Bautista about this one sentence. Give me what I want. Because yes, we need yeah, a I, vinyl I really, soundtrack. <laughs> I really, that will be what gets I, Mike to get vinyl. Because it, it's going to look really cool. If a Peacemaker, come on. I might. I, I would probably buy it. But yeah, I, I cannot stress enough how much I love this scene. Because again, it was classic James Gunn just using... <laughs> using 80s hair metal to the ultimate effect and seeing, you know, seeing these two villain villainous armies assemble. And I thought it was cool because the song playing is monster. You have these very, these literal monsters and the butterflies, these this alien species that's trying to take over. And then of course you have the monsters in the form of these racist Nazis that are wearing very KKK like hoods and rallying around the white dragon. Um, so it was cool. It's like, all right, here's our bad guys. Shit's about to go down. And I cannot wait to see uh, to see Peacemaker and crew take take uh, take on them. But um, yeah, just classic James Gunn. It was, it was such a great episode to have him back for because it was it was one of those sequences that he does best. I think. Oh yeah, and it ends with a little bit of niceness to make it not all dreary and dreadful, mm -hmm. but before an actual threat on Peacemaker. Uh, first, Hardcore <laughs> puts a dove of peace on a P ninety. Uh, Peacemaker says that's the wrong way. It should be faced and. Then he admits that it, it, he was making that up because he doesn't want to kill humans anymore. And Harcourt says, well, we're about to have to kill a lot of these things. So, and Peacemaker mm -hmm. goes, no, wait, don't worry. I'm okay with killing aliens. Um, but what, 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 uh, yeah, when I, does he learn about Myrn being a good alien? So well, that's going to be a well, funny. I do, right. And I, I, yeah, I do just want to stop because that, that line really stopped me in my tracks. Just him saying, I don't want to kill people anymore. Because we know he's, you know, the show has been teasing that trajectory where he's become more sympathetic and more remorseful. But just to think of where he, where we first met him in the Suicide Squad, where he seemed completely cold-blooded. Like if it was for the mission, he's fine with killing anybody. And for him to say the words, I don't want to kill people anymore, um, was kind of his like, his face turn kind of completing in a, in a way. Uh, or at least very, coming very close to that. And I also, I, I do want to shout out, I just love the dynamic between Peacemaker and Hardcore. Um, it's a very subtle take on, like, the romance subplot. They obviously are into each other to a degree, 
but it's you know it, we're not beat they're both very guarded about it and we're not beat over the head with it um you know i, I love Cena's to see not guarded I, I like, about it at all Cena's not even yes, hot. <laughs> you're, right. you're right he's not he's not hiding car hardcore's the guarded one she's the the the, the badass you know tough yeah. sarcastic one Cena's very upfront with uh how into her he is but I, I i just i do really love their relationship it's it's a it's you know it's it's clear that they care about each other but it's you know it's it's played very uh with a lot of subtlety which i appreciate um yeah and she says maybe 15 percent of you isn't a piece of shit or well no she says 85 percent of you is a piece of shit um but then yes. she even tells him her first name which is amelia which i think we the audience knew but it's nice to have that sort of like peacemaker learns kind of thing and then he plays the piano um as we said home Oof. sweet home before um vigilante walks into the room mike and what does vigilante tell him uh i thought you said you didn't I... have a diary yep and then um lock butter butterfly lock is on the news declaring mm. that oh we found a journal that has peacemaker as a crazy conspiracy theorist who believes in aliens and the deep state and he's responsible for killing all these cops and the stripper um, that we met in the first episode. Mm -hmm. And now Peacemaker, dead or alive, basically, is the goal of every cop in the country. Yes, he is is public public enemy number one. Exactly the words in my notes. Um, And that is how we close out the episode. Um, Again, Mike, I am going out here and just saying this felt like another... Five out of five knuckle shuffle from Cena. Yeah. Um, the show continues yeah, if I, if to I be were the, rating, Yeah. The show if continues. If I were rating to, this episode on its own, it'd be five out of five. No, I'm saying like the show is on a. I, I, I still think like the second or third. I think it was the second episode to me felt like a little slow or whatever. But like mm-hmm. this show is averaging out to be the five the five star episode the, the five star project that we've yet to see, and I'm all for it. Uh, yeah, we have two more episodes. It looks like, excuse me, um, next week's episode, based on that Googling I did about um, how many more episodes we have, next week's episode has the word dragon in the title, so it sounds like that's going to be about uh, Cena's dad. Yes, stop dragging my heart around. And um, mm-hmm. then it's Cower Never is the final episode, so it looks like that's the order in which we might tackle so, the yeah. villains. I was going to say, I'm very, so yeah, it seems very clear that we're, we're going to have, I'm very excited to see how the villain groups, if they interact at all and how it's, uh, how they're actually going to be defeated. But that does make sense. You know, white dragon kind of seems like the sub boss and the butterfly seem like the big bad that actually can take over the world and kill everybody. So very excited to see how those two villain groups play into everything. And peacemaker will probably have a personal realization or two or something from fighting his dad that will help him grow or make him even less emotionally capable for the final boss, making it more dramatic and whatnot. Um, but yeah, no, I'm Can I have one, one small thing I want to yeah. throw out. There actually is a post credits to this episode. Uh, if it's very, it's very minor, but, um, it's just a quick gag reel of the actor playing Locke, just struggling to keep it together during the, the far, the wood scene, uh, because, you know, he's trying to feign being upset that the cops are dead and he just cannot keep a straight face. And it's very fun. So stick around for that uh, if you haven't seen oh, it. Oh, yeah. Peacemaker always does those great post-credit scenes. And, um, yeah. Um, Mike, is there anything people should be on the lookout for you in the next week? Um, 
I, I believe I saw some people tweeting about a, a different kind of ghost tour, and they said it was just for adults. <laughs> is your ghost tour not for just for adults? No, my ghost tour is all ages. If, yeah, if you guys haven't checked out yet, I, I do have a music project called Ghost Tour. You probably see the if you're watching the video, you could see the ads. But um, yeah, you can look us up on Spotify, Ghost Tour Rocks on all the socials. But uh, yeah, definitely check out our music if you haven't yet. I do have a couple gigs coming up possibly in the next few weeks. So I'll be posting those uh, on Twitter and Instagram. So definitely follow me there. Uh, but that's really it. Not a ton new to report, but uh, that stuff is there and would love for you to check it out. And we'll be back talking about those. We'll remind you next week, of course, in next week's episode. And with that, uh, probably one of our shorter episodes. But hey, that's the perk of reviewing a weekly episodic television show. Yet again, you can stream him. And this time you really should. This is Cenophiles and we're out.